Today, we've got a Google Ads expert who pivoted to Amazon advertising and never looked back. He's got great strategies for PPC users of any level. How cool is that? Pretty cool, I think. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. And we've got somebody, I believe, coming from the other part of the world. George, how's it going? Yeah, very good, thanks. Thank you for having me uh, on, the, on the show today, Bradley. Thank you for being here. Now, are you in London? I am. I'm based in uh, South London in the UK. Oh, okay. And is that where you were uh, born and raised? I mean, it doesn't exactly sound like you're from uh, California here. <laughs> no, no. I was actually uh, born in Saudi Arabia and I have my origins are in Ethiopia, but um, I was brought up in, in London from the age of five. Ethiopia. So, so did your mom cook some great food that you could eat with the injera bread? Oh, Bradley. Uh, <laughs> hey. I was not expecting you to say that. Yes, yes, all the time. <laughs> Little known fact, Ethiopian cuisine is my number one favorite cuisine out of any country in the world. It's like Ethiopian one, Korean food two. Here in California, we've got some great Ethiopian restaurants. I just love, you, you know, you don't eat, you eat with your hands and you eat with the yes. injera bread and amazing vegetables the lentil oh I, I could just go on and on about ethiopian food i love it never never in my life would i thought i would have got on a podcast with bradley sutton and bradley sutton will be talking about ethiopian food and that being his one of his favorite cuisines yes indeed <laughs> uh, well I, I i'm i'm a mysterious person here you know so you, you should know to expect the unexpected <laughs> you know when when you have a uh, Amazon um, educator and, and my background is sumo wrestling and Zumba fitness. You, you never know what to expect with me. <laughs> but but hey, I don't know too much about your background. Like I didn't even know uh, that was your uh, origin. So that's 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 pretty cool. What else do I know about you? I don't know where you uh, you're, you're about your childhood. So tell me as you're a you know, eight, nine, 10 year old, what did you envision as far as like what your job was going to be in the future? Like like what was your like dream that hey when i grow up i want to be a fill in the blank so oh, that's a good question so i wanted to be a police officer but mm, then okay. uh my my mum my and one of her friends uh, who became kind of my tutor slash mentor growing up said no way here's a massive book of careers that you can choose so i was like oh gosh okay so i was looking at all the different options i have um, but I've always had kind of an entrepreneurial spark. So we used to wash cars around their state. We used to, uh, we used to make little bean bags and put rice in it. Uh, so, so we used to get like little threads. My mom had a sewing machine, sew it up, put some rice in there and sell these homemade bean bags to our neighbors. So we used to do kind of all kind of different things to, to earn money. I love it. I love it. And that's, that's a trend that I see, you know, so with, a lot of sellers, not everybody, you know, some people grow up, uh, you know, wanting to be a model or a singer or, or, you know, a doctor or even accountant, and then they still end up in the e-commerce world. But yeah, you know, I, I think that statistically speaking, if you had that entrepreneurial bug when you were little, and that's why I asked this question, you know, you seem to be more prone to, to get into this, you know, it seems to be more a natural transition. Now, now, did you go to high school in, in, in the UK or was it still in Saudi Arabia? 
No, this is all in the UK. And actually, uh, another funny story is I used to sell Fanta Fruit Twist at school, but then I found out that actually I could put up my prices just after PE. So, so, after so you were price time. gouging. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you were kind of uh, day parting your advertising there, I guess. I was. Yeah, I was. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and, and, and then I did go to university and at university I studied, well, I did business management, but I think one of the most interesting modules for me was the entrepreneurship models, uh, module. So we had to come up with an idea. We had to get whatever we came up with and sell it. So we went for USB sticks because we're in a university. It makes sense. And I went for the hard sell. I was selling to everyone in the library and, uh, that was probably what made me go kind of knee deep into uh starting up my own venture the moment i left university so so what when you left university what was your first like main form of income oh yeah good um good question so my friend simon kelly he had um, a digital company um, primarily google ads and this was 2009 and he he offered me a job um to work with him um so so I worked with him in sales for a month and it was horrid. It was so bad. And I said, look, Simon, please, can you let me go into account management? I want to manage Google Ads accounts. So after a month, I just went straight into kind of PPC, Google Ads. And um, I, I knew, but I, I knew the moment he said yes to this, mm-hmm. that was it. My, my life was set. So I, I knew just working with him in Google Ads, it, it, it would just open me up to a whole uh, new world. and. And what happened is I, I stayed probably longer than most at the company. So every time someone left, you kind of got the pickings of the most interesting accounts. So by the time before I left, I had the biggest accounts and I was able to kind of work uh, freely in, the, in them. So that was uh, an interesting time. And I still meet up with Simon and talk to him. So we're still good friends. Okay. So, so how long ago was this? Oh, this is in 2009. Okay. I was with him until about 2011. So at what point did you kind of get into the Amazon uh, ecosystem? Oh, that's a, uh, so, so I set up my company in 2011, but we did Google Ads. Mm-hmm. And then um, in 2000, and, uh, I think it was 2015 now, but one of my former employees, they, they left here. They, they worked at Google. And then when they went to Amazon, they interviewed for Amazon. And, and, and they told me, like, Amazon is struggling to get any sellers, uh, any agencies to take Amazon advertising seriously. So like, and I, and I love trying new things. So that day I created a landing page. I've got a Google ads account made and I, and, and, and I wrote Amazon advertising, uh, kind of anyone who searched for Amazon advertising company, Amazon advertising specialist, our ads appeared, right? The cost per click was breadcrumbs. It was nothing, right? So I pushed that that, that day. Within an hour, I was getting phone calls from people saying, I've been looking for someone like you for ages. Wait, wait hold, hold on. You were, you were advertising that you could help them with Amazon, but you hadn't even yeah. done it yet yourself? No, no, I haven't done it. So, then, so, so what I did is I would, I'll be on the phone and I say to him, look, I'm going to be really honest with you. I, I've, I've not touched an Amazon ad before, but I know Google Ads and I know the framework of PPC. Uh-huh. So for the first two clients, I said to him, look, I'm going to, I'll manage your account for free. We won't charge a penny. We'll do it for free. Um, uh, and I just want to learn. And, and they were like, yeah, they're going to get someone to manage it for free. And then I 
at that point realized, okay, this is five times easier than, than Google Ads, like so much easier. So we started charging um, like the third account, fourth account, but these people were just desperate. They just were like, like, there's no one who could take this off us. Uh, so I was like, yeah, sure. Okay. Yeah, we can do that. So we started doing that. And within two years, we, we stopped Google ads, really. Don't really uh, do Google ads management now. We've just kind of solely gone into Amazon advertising. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. So I'm assuming you started with customer or uh, you know, clients who are sellers in, in Europe, but, but then there came to be a point where, where you went ahead and, and expanded to the other marketplaces like the USA as well, right? Oh, Bradley, this is this is the biggest mistake we've ever made. For about a year, like I, I kind of ha we hacked it. We absolutely hacked it because okay, so we did Google Ads and we're like right, this is working. Okay, but then we said to ourselves, right, how can we reach sellers who don't even know about us, right? So mm -hmm. this this guy from India just reached out to me and said, hey, do you want to buy a list of emails? And I was like, you know what? How much is it? Uh, and he said it's two hundred dollars, right? So I said, you know what? I, this could like this is a ninety percent chance this is a scam, right? Yeah. But I paid the dude two hundred dollars anyway. I was like, it's, it's two hundred dollars, right? I paid him for two thousand emails, and within that one email blast, we got free free clients from it. I, I couldn't believe it. So we kept pushing and pushing, and we got because because these these sellers didn't even know such a uh, such a service existed, so it picked up their interest. Now, my big issue was. About a year, two years down the line, um, we got given our first US account. And we couldn't believe people made that much a month on Amazon. And it was a <laughs> uh -huh. US account. And, right, and that was when Bradley, we just decided, right, any event that's going on in the US, we're going to be there. We basically just basically abandoned Europe and went just for the US at that, at that stage. And like we still to this day we do quite a few things in, in in the uk and germany but we went heavy into 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 the us and, and kind of trying to get our name um out there so that's kind of been my biggest like uh frustration because if we were in the year ahead that you know there would have been a, a kind of less competition and uh we could have kind of had a much bigger kind of spot in this in in, in the space Interesting. Now, just just to like, you know, I don't know the answer to this, but I'm assuming I would be impressed. But just to impress everybody else, like, have you guys ever calculated, like, in the last year or two or whenever, like, how much ad spend you have completely managed, or either ad spend or ad revenue that you guys have generated, just to like let people know, hey, this isn't just uh my friend that I met when I was eating in the Ethiopian restaurant. I mean, this guy really <laughs> knows his, his, his ads here. So like, is there any number that you can throw out there like that? Okay. There is because Amazon asked us to do this. Well, Amazon did this for us, um, at the start of the year. So I think we were doing around four or 5 million in ad spend at the start of the year but but just so you know brad like since the start of the year till now we've we've forexed uh, in, in growth um and yeah I, I i need to update amazon but yeah i i wouldn't be surprised if we're on so spend four and a half million over how, how long uh, a year a year so yeah. generating i would assume a lot more than that oh absolutely yeah so it's like it's gonna be uh, well, the average ACOS is about 
15 to 20%. So 5x, at least 5x of that. Okay. All right. So definitely, I think we've established that, that you definitely know what you're doing. So from there, what I want to talk about now is, you know, because these episodes we do, we call these like PPC talk, we're, we're kind of PPC centric. So just right off the bat, what is the the number one thing that just the common seller, you know, I'm not talking about, oh, well, I'm an eight figure seller, or I've got a vendor central account or whatever. What is the biggest thing that the common seller is just like, they're leaving money on the table, because they're either doing it wrong, or, or they're not utilizing it at all as far as when it comes to PPC? Oh, um, I, I think it, the, the core thing for us is, is the product. That's mm-hmm. always been the case. Now, if the foundations are in place with the product, when you put PPC behind it, it will lift. Um, um, I, it, kind of ensuring that, and what, what, what I mean by this, Bradley, is ensuring that you have something the market wants. So you haven't got a different color of an everyday toothbrush. You've got something that uniquely stands out. Now, when when we come across clients who have that unique product, we always find when we put PPC through it, it just is sales. It just kind of, it, the whole process is far more straightforward compared to an incredibly competitive product where they're not the cheapest, they're not the best, and and um, it doesn't stand out. So I always, I always kind of always say to clients, have a look at your products. And, and, and what tends to happen is with, with clients that we deal with, um, we might see a sudden drop in the PPC stats. We might see that the ACOS has gone from 15% to 45% within two weeks. And, and, and what I always advise is before you make any changes to your, your, your PPC, have a look outside of PPC and look at your market. Look at, okay, what has shifted? Is there anything out there where um, someone has come in at a much lower price? Um, have you been flooded with a few bad reviews that's made your product not stand out as much? Because if we go back to the fundamentals with pay-per-click... Wait, George, George it's almost as if, man, I wish there was a, a software that could help hey, analyze yes. these. I, I yes, 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 yes. Um, you, Helium 10, man. Oh, Helium my goodness. Well, you what do you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's market analysis, isn't it? Is it what's yeah. it called again? Yeah, yeah, mar- market tracker. You know, we have keyword tracker. But, you know, what, what you said is actually interesting because I didn't that expect it. You know, a I game think- changer. That is a game changer, yeah. market I- tracker, because... because uh, let, let me give you an, an example, Brad, because Go ahead. let's just say, let's just say, right, you're running your PPC as you have been in the past, right? And you see a downward trend in sales, mm-hmm. right? But but let's just say from when you started at the beginning of the year to, when you, to, to where you are now, right, 25 new players have just come into the game. Right. Okay. So you're splitting the 25, you're, you're splitting your, your market share with 25 new players. Now, the, these 25 new players are probably going to have a launching strategy. They're probably going to have heavy discounts. They're probably going to have so much going on to try and get that uplift. I, I, I actually, I would go as far as saying, Bradley, right? Anyone doing any PPC needs to be using this. You cannot not use this tool. I love it. Hey, but but the one thing I just want to call out was 
I think, you know, I was expecting and most people were expecting, like when, when you ask the question, hey, what is the biggest thing that people are leaving on the table when it comes to PPC or, or advertising or, or what are they doing wrong? You know, somebody would expect the answer to be just strictly related to PPC. Oh, you need to be doing this kind of sponsored brand or sponsored video or something. But it's interesting. You take it back a step further is like you could be doing all the most amazing methods of PPC and have some ninja strategy. But at the end of the day, if you don't if, if you don't even have the right product or you don't even have the right listing or you're not even doing the right analysis, it's almost you're shooting yourself in the foot. You're not going to get ahead without having done the basics of, of just differentiating yourself and, and, and making sure you're catering to the customer. So I think that's very important that that Amazon sellers need to understand is is that it's not just about how ninja you are with your PPC strategy. You've got to make sure that you have a product that's even going to do well in PPC because it, you know, amazing PPC strategy is not going to kind of like overcome a product deficiency. In other words, it sounds like. Yeah. I, I, and just to cement what you've just said, Bradley, I'll give an example. We had a lady call me up and say she wants to take up our management service. So I said, look, before we do that, we need to analyze your account. And then she said to me, look, I've only started last month. And this was in November. And I said, look, look, our management fee, you know, we're not really able to help kind of sellers who have just getting into it because our management fee is so, so much, you best put in that into the sponsored ads, right? But then she gave me access to her account and she did like 25,000 in, in, in the first month mm -hmm. in sales, right? And I was like, what the heck is going on here? She, I thought she said she only started last month. Now, when I looked previous to that, there was nothing. When I went into the product, right, it was an amazing product where no one else was doing it. Not only that, within that first month, she'd, she'd, she'd managed to get 206 reviews, right, all five stars. I was itching to speak to her, Bradley. I was like, what hack has this woman got? Because whatever it is, it's working so well. I gave her a call. I said, hey, you know, what did you do? And she said, oh, uh, I don't really know. I just, uh, I just set up an Amazon account. And, like, well, and we call them like unicorn accounts. So she stumbled across an incredible product. The whole process for her was easy. She had one auto campaign running. It was generating most of the sales. She did nothing else. Um, and, and, and that's just how successful the, the product was. Now, so if you are in a fortunate position as a new seller and, and, and you've got an incredible product, you're putting PPC through it and it doesn't matter what you think, what does the market, how does the market react to your products, right? Mm -hmm. Now, if the market is reacting well to your product and you're starting to get some sales, you really have to think about this long-term because of the tools, like as much as a blessing Helium 10 is, it's also a big curse because if other people start using uh, the, the, the tracking tool to see, you know, where's their opportunities and they come across their, you know, they come across um, your product, it's a countdown yeah. until more people come into the space. Sure. I mean, you look at our coffin shelf where we were the only one from Project X and now there's like 10 different coffin shelves people are selling. Yeah. Yeah, and, and, and that's why we always encourage sellers that come in that when, when they have that predicament to, to now think about aggression because it's all about, you know, how much traffic can we get to this listing? How can we get those conversions as high as possible? And also ensuring that you have a system in place logistically that can fulfill those orders. Um, and obviously, we can't, we, we don't, 
delve into that area too much, but we emphasize the importance and how that could cripple your account if this isn't in place um, and, and you're able to fulfill the demand that's out there. So um, that's what we recommend. So when it comes to PPC, ensuring that one, when you have the right product, uh, but two, you're able to to hold a good grip on the market so when someone else does come in, it's very difficult for them to move your positions. And and Bradley, I'm not, I'm not saying this as just an advertiser. Um, I'm pretty aggressive with my paid ads myself. Um, and, and we're pushing it as aggressively as we can yeah. so that we can't be moved uh, uh, when new players come in. Um, so this is something I'm kind of, uh, kind of really, uh, really passionate about. And, and, and something else which isn't really mentioned in anything you read when it comes to a lot kind of content from Amazon um, is the history of a campaign has an impact. And, and, and I've, I've not only seen this on Amazon, I've seen this on other platforms, right? So if your campaigns have been running for two years, someone new comes in, has the same campaign, the same keyword, they will almost likely be paying more per click. Amazon's going to favor the campaigns that have been long, running for a longer period of time with minimal disruptions that have had a good success behind them. So, so, so all of these factors also be, uh, um, come to play. And that's why when you go out of stock, when, when you start optimizing too much in a single campaign when it's working really well, it can actually have a negative impact on your account. Um, so yeah, that's kind and, of- And then definitely sounds like, you know, running out of stock- you know, which would make your your ad campaigns obviously, you know, go inactive. That can definitely have a negative impact on you as well. Absolutely, yeah. Okay, l let's switch from from basics to almost like advanced. So, you know, something I've heard a lot of people ask about is is DSP. So, Amazon DSP, like, who is that even available to? Oh, um, this is a a really good question, and and something that I think a lot of sellers need to know about DSP is that it you cannot treat it like PPC. This is a form of programmatic advertising. This well, is well, can advertising. you, for, for all the people who are new and don't even know, you know, some people, like even I in the beginning would like get confused with DSP and display, sponsor display, but it's two separate things. So like, can you just really quickly explain to everybody what Amazon DSP is? Yes, okay. Um, so Amazon DSP is a form of something called a demand side platform. So it's a platform that allows you to demand ad space in a certain area. Um, so to give you the best example, which most people will understand, Facebook ads is a DSP, right? Okay. So Facebook is a demand side platform that, that demands ad space in its own inventory. So you have, so if, if I take this right back, Bradley, right? The way it used to work before programmatic came about was, let's just say I sell the most awesome cat supplement, right? And you have a blog uh, that talks all about how much you love cats, right? You've, right. Got, you've got articles about cats, you know, how to make sure that their fur is as glowing and rich as possible, et cetera, et cetera. Now, you would be the ideal candidate for me to put my pet food on your website, right? So. Before programmatic came about, I would need to negotiate with you or go through an agent to get ad space on your website for a certain period of time and compensate you in some way. Right? Okay. That's how it used to work. Now, with programmatic, it introduced the open exchange, which allows you 
to automatically through machines bid for ad space in places uh, that are relevant to what you're trying to sell or advertise. So with Amazon's demand side platform, um, you can demand the ad space, and with a with a supply side platform, you can you can you can put your content into one of the supply side platforms that are out there to then allow others to to you to to, to put ad space right. on your on on your on on your website, and that will allow you to then uh, um, make a profit as the owner of the website. The ways sellers have interacted with Amazon's demand side platform in the past is you would have to go through Amazon. So Amazon would manage this on your behalf. So there's a certain criteria they look for uh, in the seller. Um, so that you'd have to have products that are retail ready. And But what I mean by that is um, these, you know, you'd need to have products that sell well, are good at, like, have a reasonable amount of stock, have fantastic reviews, um, and then they would deem that as a good product to then serve through DSP. With Facebook ads, for example, you can look at someone's gender. You can, look at, you can look at someone's age. You can look at someone's interests and you can advertise them in that way. With, with Amazon, the data doesn't get any richer. You know, this is Amazon's own data. So it's first party data, right? They allow you to target your ads to people who have been looking at um, certain types of products. The sophistication of this type of advertising through Amazon has never been seen in, in, the, display, in the display ads world. Um, and, and I just want to repeat that again. Hmm. You can target people depending on what they've been looking at. So you can be engaging with the exact audience you want to target. And um, this was what made Amazon's demand side platform so, so powerful, um, the ability to do that. Now, they introduced something last year in June, which just took it to a whole new level, like a crazy level. And we couldn't believe they did this. I actually wrote an article about this. I think I told you, Bradley. And then the way the wording I used didn't go down well with Amazon and the legal and press team told me to take it down. And then uh, it went viral. So I, so I had to find the 200 different publishers. Hold, hold, that... hold on. I'm not supposed to have uh, people here on the podcast that are on Amazon's blacklist here. I, I didn't realize there's such a controversial. <laughs> no, 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 no. So just so you know, I behaved. Um, okay, I took okay. him down. I took him down. I'm in a good book. Real quick, just before we completely alienate the newer people, let's do some rapid fire on, on just the, the bread and butter that everybody has access to. So. My question for you, just real quick, when you have a regular sponsored product or sponsored yes. brand campaign, what yes. is your internal metric as far as how many clicks before you say, you know what, it's time to negative match this keyword without a sale? Oh, that's a good question. I, you know, I would say around 20 clicks, okay. but also look at the duration of the time and look at the history of that keyword too. But I would say 20 clicks and it's it's on our radar. 20 clicks, okay. Uh, yeah. what, what, do you have a metric also where instead of just clicks, it's based on spend? Like maybe it's something that's a really high spend keyword where where you know your, your product costs $30, but the, the click is $5. So if you're doing 20 clicks, it's like $100. So that's too much. Like, do you have another metric where you like gauge it on spend before negative matching it? 
Yes. So, well, in essence, I think the, the, the most important thing is how, you know, if you're spending $20 um, and, and it's not generating anything, it goes into our radar, then the next filtering process will, will then be, okay, what you, like you said, what is the cost per click in terms of how much you're paying uh, before you can deem it bad? So looking at the average conversion rate across, across your account and then seeing, okay, what, what kind of conversion rates is here? Does that look off? Um, do we need to give it more time? And then also um, the season as well. It ha- has it performed before well? Is it not performing well now? But also, what's the aim of that of that campaign? Is that campaign's aim to push to improve the organic ranking of a certain keyword, which we know is at the bottom of is is at the top of page two, and we want to get it to the bottom of page one, and we're pushing aggressively. So there, there's some of the factors that we put in uh, when when analysing keywords. Okay. All right. So so I I mean I, I don't know how familiar you are with our ads tool, uh, George, but for those people who are using ads by helium 10 for their ppc those two metrics are 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 not metrics but but filters you're able to use where you can set what you know how many clicks until you want helium 10 to suggest you hey like george said this should be on your radar you might want a negative match it so like i think we have in their default like 15 clicks and maybe like half the retail price of your product but but 20 clicks is Actually, I'm with you. Uh, I think I put usually 20 instead of 15 on mine, and and that $20 seems like a good uh, a good uh, yeah. thing too. Now, what about just some other frequently asked questions I get from Amazon sellers regarding PPC? You have a variation listing. So do you put all of the child items in one campaign, or do you have campaigns for each separate ASIN? Yeah, I put them all, we put them all in one. Interesting. See, I, I love asking people this because I always hear different things. So, so talk about that. Like, why do you put it in one as opposed to isolating the red and then the green and then the blue? We put them all in one because we want to see which variation moves fast and which one which one sells well, right? Because mm-hmm. the issue becomes: Do you then have them in in multiple campaigns with similar keywords? Would okay. there then be conflicts of interest with those keywords? And that's why we put it all under one. We find which of the variations is the is is the hero and performs the best. Interesting. Okay. Good. Good to know. Good to know. Another question that you know I see coming up here and there in PPC is like, okay, you've got something doing well in your auto campaign or a broad campaign. Like, what? First of all, what do you consider quote unquote doing well? Like, for something for you to like say, hey, I need to target this in an exact manual campaign. How many purchases do you want to see on a search term? One, two, three? Good question. Um, we'd want to see around three, three purchases. And it's, it's, it's within kind of, we want, to, we want to then kind of consider putting it into kind of an exact match single campaign. Okay. Um, or if, if, if there's at least two, it's triggered and that should already be transferred over to um, an auto, uh, kind of a manual a manual campaign so that we can target and a negative exact match it in the automatic campaign. Okay. So that's, that's my other thing that I was going to ask is what do you say? Like, like me personally, I've had some bad experience with that where I negative match in my auto, but then for whatever reason in the manual campaign, Amazon just decides not to show me. So like I was getting some good traction there. So I'm sure you've had that experience too. So sometimes I'll just keep it in the auto, but 
But why, in your experience, do you do? I, I guess that's called a, a search term isolation or, or or something like that. But like, why do you negative match in the auto? Like, do you have better luck than me? Maybe like, as soon as you put it in your manual campaign, you get the same, if not more, traffic to it always. Not only that, but control. Uh, and when we go into putting that keyword in place in 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 a manual campaign. Mm -hmm. um, and we want to show for that keyword, we then have control as to how often that keyword shows. Within automatic campaigns, they're great for finding like incredible variations you've never thought about. But when when it comes to how how often they're going to show up, you're you're kind of in the realms of allowing Amazon to choose. Now, with Amazon advertising, I wish it was black and white but we see some results work well in some accounts and others not work well. So one example of when that hasn't worked well for us, Bradley, is when someone is selling a low-priced item um, and then, and then um, they move to so the average cost per click in auto campaigns is already really competitive, right? You try and move it over to a manual, into a manual keyword targeted campaign, and then it's really difficult to kind of get those same CPCs, which drives up the ACoS and doesn't get as good of a result as possible. Interesting, you know, and that's the whole reason why we have that option in ads. And when I say ads, I'm talking about Helium 10 ads where people can, you know, our automation, you know, we say, hey, how many clicks or how many purchases do you wanna see before you move it to manual? You know, you can put one, you can put two, you can put three, it sounds like you say three, but we also make it optional. Do you want to negative match it in the originating yeah. campaign? Because I, I don't know. It might, it might be 50-50. I would say 50% of the people, they say, no, don't negative match it because you might lose some of your, your juice there. But the 50%, they're also like you. So that's why we have that as an option because there are both strategies that, that can work for, for people. Yeah. And I just uh, can I just go back sure. to um, um, Helium 10 ads and what you said earlier? I, I also love the feature where it quickly identifies on the flip side which keywords have have converted well, but their scope to increase the CPC bids, right? Mm -hmm. So rather than having to rummage through Seller Central's AI to to figure out what those terms are, yep. or bulk download, bulk upload, you've got straight away in the last seven days. Here's these fifteen keywords. They've all done well. Let's let's up these these bids. Uh, let's up these bids, and then you can also put the filters in. Excellent, excellent. So, by the way, for the people who aren't Helium 10 members, you know, everybody pretty much knows what ads are who are Helium 10 members, but it's our PPC management platform. So, if you guys don't even have a Helium 10 account, you want to try out ads, it's on the Diamond plan. So, you guys can use the coupon code SSP10 or SSP50. SSP50 saves you 50% off your first month of Diamond. Give it a try. If you don't like it, you can, uh, can you know, cancel it. You'll get your money back and maybe go call George and he can help you uh, with your PPC as well. My most favorite thing about the Helium 10s ad, the one thing I love about the ad tool that you have is the ability to see uh, for each product every single week or whatever date range you want to look at, the, the spend for every single product. Uh, so like, uh, uh, yes, yes. break mm -hmm. it down, the ACOS and the total ACOS. It breaks that whole thing. It's beautifully done. Um, and th this is... And we use a lot of tools. This one is like that is one tool that I, I haven't seen anyone else do as well as Helium 10 ads. It's just incredible. 
Yeah, well, I'm glad. I'm glad. I'm glad you somebody who's an expert in the field. You know, appreciate the uh, the respect. You know, because you know our ads tool. Yes, it is made also for somebody who is an absolute beginner in Amazon, an absolute beginner in PPC. You know, hey, use it, and it's going to help you. You know, much better than trying to go about it blindly. But hey, you can see here. Here is a you know one of the top advertising on Amazon experts in the game, and, and he he can find use for it too. So it's not just for new people, it's not just for experienced people. Now, you know, you've been giving us a lot of strategy throughout this episode, but we have this part of the show we call the, the TST, 30-second tip. What is your 30-second tip for PPC for our listeners out there? Oh, okay. This is the most up-to-date one as well. So if you're watching it as it's been released, great. Um, um, one of the main areas you've seen work almost all of the time is sponsored brand video ads, right? If you're not doing that, do it now because it's something different that's been introduced to Amazon and the click-through rate, one, is above average from what you see for sponsored brands and sponsored brands already on their own. They already got a high click-through rate, but also um, just something that's visual and moving. Um, We've had clients who've basically just created a slideshow with royalty free, royalty free music they've recorded it and they put that as a sponsor brand video ad and it works well if you're in germany and the uk you need to jump on this right now it was this has been out from the first of september um and it's heavily unutilized right now if you can get into this you will almost certainly see some good results through ppc Excellent. Excellent. All right. Well, George, uh, I'm sure people have a lot more questions, you know, to ask you, or they might especially want to reach out about DSP, you know, uh, you know, for, for sponsored products, uh, you know, people should be okay with using ads, but once you get up to that DSP level, that sounds like some next level stuff. So how can people reach out to you to maybe get some more uh, information and, and maybe see about getting your help on it? Yeah, sure. Um, the easiest way to get in touch with us is go on to clear ads dot co dot uk so c l e a r a d s dot co dot uk um and fill out one of the contact forms if you want to reach out to me just put george at and the url of the website that'll go straight through to me um when we're very happy doesn't matter what size of an account you are to just look through your account give you an honest and free consultation um um, and 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 be of any help if we you know that that we can be. So feel free to reach out. All right, I love it. Thank you, George, for coming to the show. And next time, you know, once COVID is finished and you're out here in California, I'm gonna take you to you know my favorite Ethiopian food spot. <laughs> and you gotta let me know if it's if it's really genuinely good or not. Okay, and and when you're in London, Bradley, I'm gonna take you to my mom's house, and you're gonna have freshly cooked. Hey, be, be careful. I might not want. I might not want to leave. Um, so be careful <laughs> about that. Okay. All right. We'll talk to you later, George. Take care. Bye-bye.